0: Hello, and welcome to Connect Point's podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much, and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. Thank you, Brother TJ. Um. I just want to say I really do appreciate this church. I appreciate everybody in this place. And I appreciate our leadership team. I appreciate our pastors. I appreciate our assistant pastors. And I appreciate the youth so much. Um, I love those kids. They're they're wonderful kids. And you guys are so lucky to be parents to them or grandparents to them. They are wonderful. Um, I'm just gonna pray, because you know me, I kind of get anxiety speaking in front of you guys. So I'm gonna pray and calm myself down, okay? Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you do, O Lord. Your word is powerful and strong. I believe, O God, that it speaks for itself, God. I believe, O Lord, that you're going to speak and use your word to touch us tonight, God. O Lord, we rebuke every anxiety in my body right now today. Jesus, your word is stronger than every two-edged sword, God. We believe, God, that you're already moving and speaking to your people. Have your grace. Great will and way tonight. Have your will be done in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. So my title tonight is Move the Mountains. Um, I really do like mountains, but I do not like mountains in our lives. You know, when I lived in El Paso, Texas, we got to look at the Franklin Mountains every single day and when I worked at Texas Tech as a nurse, I had to drive up those mountains every day. And I loved it. It was so beautiful. And when I went to North Carolina, I got to see those mountains as well. But the kind of mountains that I'm talking about tonight are situations in our lives. Um, the chapter or verse that I got is Mark 11:23. It says, truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will happen. So tonight I'm talking about situations. I'm talking about circumstances. I'm talking about things that we can't do on our own, but we need a God to move for us. This, these are the kind of things that you say when you're in this situation. You, kinda, you get this mind trap where you're like, God, is this it? God, what am I going to do? God, I feel like I'm against a wall and I really need you to move. And this is the situations that we're talking about tonight. I know that this year has not been a fun year for most people. Um, You know, COVID number two came out. Um, I know a lot of people are still losing their jobs. I know a lot of people are going through heavy, heavy things. And I wanted to encourage somebody tonight that, if you're going through these things, I just want you to speak to your mountains. I want you to tell them to move because they don't have any power over you. They don't have any authority over you. You are a child of God, and it's not right that these things come to try to distract us and make us anxious and it's no, I'm not having it, you know. It's I'm not doing it anymore. So, we're going to speak to our mountains. I just want to say that he will move them. And he can, and he is faithful to do it. The first woman of God that I want to talk about, I'm sorry, man, I'm going to talk about a lot of godly women tonight, but the first woman of God that I wanted to talk about tonight is Hannah. Um, in 1 Samuel 1.1, it reads, I'm going to mess some of these names up, okay? I'm sorry. I didn't go to preacher school, but I'm going to try my very best, Okay. So there was a certain man from Ramah named Azupite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanite, son of Jerome, the son of Eluhu, the son of Tuhu, son of Zup and Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was named Hannah and the other Paniah. Paniah had children, but Hannah had none. So as you can imagine, Hannah has no kids. She was broken, she was sad. To be a woman back in the day that could not have kids, that was like your, your identity. You know, that, that's what they based your worth off of is having kids, and she couldn't produce. And there was no doctors back then. There was no answers. There was no like, oh, we can run lab tests on her and do ultrasounds. It was literally God, Hannah needed God to move, and he, she needed him. She was depending on him. And, and I love this story because I know a lot of women can relate to this. You know, when you feel like you're in this situation and you're just like, oh, God, I really need you to do this. And it's like God just blows Hannah's mind. It's just a great story. So in verse 7, it says, This went on year after year. Whatever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord... Her rival, Panaya provoked her to, till she wept and would not eat. So not only was Hannah barren, but she was getting bullied, and she was also not eating. So this is a tough situation to be in. You know, this is a situation where it's like, God, I really need you to move. Like, I, I don't want to be here anymore. I can't handle this anymore. And she was depending on God to do something. Her husband asked her in verse 8, Why are you weeping and why don't you eat? This man loved her so much that he would actually give her double portions of, her, of his meat that he would bring home. She wouldn't eat it, though. And as you can imagine, like it said, it said year after year, this happened. This happened. And God had to do something. He had to because God, it, it, was, it was like if, if God didn't do something, Hannah was breaking. She was losing it. And in verse 10, she was losing it so badly that um, she was weeping bitterly. It says in verse 10, in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. How many of you guys know that when you're in a situation like this, all you can do is pray? Pray you're not going to get your answer from your doctor. You're not going to get your answer from your mama. You're not going to get your answer from your spouse. You're going to get your answer from God. And I love it because, you know, she doesn't go to her husband, but she she goes to God and she prays her heart out. She prays so much. And that's what I love. This woman prays so much that her husband actually accuses her of being drunk. And it's because she, she had no more words. Her words were slurring. She was just wailing and crying her heart out to God. And I don't know if you guys have ever been in a situation like that where you have no words, but I've been there where you, all you can do is sob and cry, and, and God understands. He knows your heart and he knows exactly what you're feeling. And God hears those prayers. And what's great is you look at verse 20. It says, so in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to the son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked for the Lord, or because I asked the Lord for him. And Luke 137 ECV, it says, for nothing will be impossible for God. Nothing. You know, so Cancer? God can heal, paraplegic, God can heal, mental illness, God can heal, you know, I look at God and I just marvel because, you know, when I came in, when I came um, into the Pentecost, I don't know if I'm really wording this, God help me, but um, when I came in the Pentecost, I was seeing a psychiatrist and I was also seeing, seeing a therapist, and he had diagnosed me with bipolar type 2. And um, this is a disease that it's your whole life. Prognosis is your entire life. You're, you just live with it. Some people, they actually go to institutions with this disease because it's it's just so bad. Depression hits them and they, they can't feel, they can't think. Um, when I had it, I, I, I felt nothing for years. And, um, God, he was able to deliver me from that. Um, I had walked with the Lord for two years, and it was, and you guys have heard this story so many times, but I had walked with the Lord for two years, and, you know, I remember in our old church on State Street, um, I remember just going to the altar and just crying my eyes out every single Sunday morning, every single Sunday night, and I would just cry my eyes out, and y'all thought I was crazy probably, but, you know, like, It's just me and God, it's cool, you know. um, I would cry my heart out to God just saying, God, I don't want this. You know, this is not a life. I want to feel again. I want to be healed of this disease. I even thought to myself, you know, God, is this life an abundant life that you said in the Bible? And I wanted so badly to feel. I was just begging and weeping to God that he would heal me and God heard my prayer He healed me. He does the impossible and I'm not I'm not anybody that's special I'm not anybody that's like, oh it's good sister Gabrielle sister Gabrielle no. God can do anything because he is God. And I don't want you to have a limit on him. I want you to know that he can do the impossible for your life. If you just keep going and going and trusting in him and keep praying, he is going to answer your prayer. Just do not give up. I believe that he can do the impossible. It says in Genesis eighteen fourteen. Is anything too hard for the Lord? So, um, a little backstory. This is when Abraham and Sarah were told um, that they were going to have a son. And, you know, Abraham was kind of like, ah, good one, God. Yeah, I don't think so. Like, I'm 90 years old, not happening, God. I don't think this is going to happen. And um, the, I believe, don't, okay, please check. I believe it was an angel. If my, if my memory serves me correct, I believe it was an angel. And they had said, you know, they had kind of said, is anything too hard for the Lord, Abraham? And, and I love that because really, is anything too hard for the Lord? He can do it. He can. We just, you know, I think we get so frustrated because we're humans and because we have emotions and God is great. you know He doesn't make us emotionless. He, he makes us full of laughter and joy and smiles and and even when you're sad tears. And I, I think that God loves that about us, but I also think that God's like, oh man, she's doubting me again, you know. And I just want to say, is anything too hard for the Lord tonight? Nothing is too hard. Keep going. The second woman of God that I wanted to talk to you guys tonight is about Esther. I love this woman so much. Oh, this woman, she gets me every time. Every time I read her story, I'm like jumping on the bed, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, she did this, and she did this. She's just very inspiring. So she was a Jewish woman who was raised by her uncle Mordecai. Her parents, not in the picture. I believe they died Um, she was raised by her uncle Mordecai. King Xerxes was looking for a new wife, and Esther was the one that was handpicked. She was the most beautiful. um, She was a godly woman that loved the Lord, and, and I love it so much because she didn't wear any makeup. She didn't wear any fancy perfumes to impress him. It was literally her character, her godly character, and she was just a woman of God. Esther was Jewish, and her husband did not know that he that she was Jewish. Um, her husband had a high-ranking official named Hammond, that, and he this guy he hated Jews. Whatever, right? Whatever. There's always a hater. He hated Jews for whatever reason. He hated Jews so much that he tried to get rid of Jews. He he wanted to create this law where it would basically create a genocide of Jews. And God protected Esther. He also also protected Mordecai and the entire Jewish lineage. And while Haman was plotting, oh, this is what I love, Esther was praying and fasting. Like this woman, she was like... When Haman was like plotting to get rid of all these Jewish people, Esther wasn't even, she wasn't even sweating. She was like, okay, like I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast and God's going to handle this. Um, In Esther 4.16, it states, Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day, and my maids will fast as you do. And when this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So if God had not had favor in this situation, then her her husband could have killed her if he wanted. Because they were supposed to make a petition to be able to see her, but this woman... She was smart. She fasted for three days, and she prayed. And I love that so much because she knows that's where the battles are won. That's where it all starts when we move our mountains. It's it's out of a prayer life, and it's out of fasting. She literally also threw a banquet for her husband and that hater Hammond, I I probably would have poisoned this food. I'm sorry, y'all. I probably would have gotten rid of that guy myself. But you know what? Gabrielle, sometimes she needs needs to work on her attitude. Amen? (laughs) But she was a godly woman, and she didn't do that. She let God handle it. Um, in Second Chronicles 2015, he said, Listen, King Jay, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of a vast army, for the battle is not yours but the Lord's. This was God's battle. He had to fight and win for Esther. And without God moving, there was no other way. It was just not gonna happen. God had to move the move the mountains for her. In Psalms 23:5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. So basically, David is saying that you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I love that because literally that's what Esther did. She prepared a table in front of her enemies. And I, I love that because, you know, she was not afraid. She was not, you know, like, oh God, what am I gonna do? She, she literally let God handle it. And she also served him. And I think there's a lot to say about a woman of God. You know, fight your battles with prayer and fasting. Fight your prayers, I mean, fight your battles with that because if you act out like Gabrielle, it's not going to go well. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not, you're not going to win. You need to pray and you need to have a fasting life. And the third godly woman I want to talk about is Ruth. And Ruth, one through four, I'm going to mess these names up and I'm really sorry. Now, Elimech, Naomi's husband died and she was left with her two sons. They married a Moabite woman, one named... Orpa and the other Ruth, and they lived there for 10 years. Both Malone and Killian also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. Ruth's husband died. She was left without anything. She didn't have kids. She didn't have him, and they were literally together for 10 years. It says they were there for 10 years, and the sad thing about it all is they were literally just beginning their marriage 10 years is, it's not a lot of years when you think about it when you're supposed to be with someone for 60 years 10 years is nothing this woman probably thought that she's going to grow old with him she thought that they were going to live together forever you know like that's that's heartbreaking that's sad um i i don't i can't even imagine you know i can't i can't imagine that It's a heartbreaking story. She lost her support. She lost everything in one day of her husband dying. And the crazy thing of it all is her mother-in-law, Naomi, um, had tried to get her to go back to her old land because she wasn't originally from that land. So she had tried to get her to go back to her original land in hopes for her to have a better life. But Ruth, what strikes me so interesting about her is that she actually didn't go she was so faithful to her, her mother-in-law, she stayed. When the other the other's, um, sister-in-law, she, she left. She was like, see, I got nothing, you know? And she stayed, and I love that because she just had such a great character. Um, she worked hard, and she labored. She gleaned in the fields for hours. So I grew up, oh, man, I grew up right outside Worthington, Minnesota, I grew up in, like, this little dinky town called Wilmot, but, like, we lived in this, like, really ghetto farmhouse. Like, it was really bad. Like, I mean, I probably should have got it taken away, but, but it was the grace of God, you know? Like, it's, it's all good. Um, I had to rock pick when I was a kid, and that's how we helped my mom. Um, we actually rock picked every summer, so we were able to buy our school clothes. And kind of, like, I know, like, this isn't really a good accurate picture of like what Ruth had to do gleaning in the field because like literally this woman was starving and that's why she did it but me like I was doing it for school clothes (laughs) I was picking rocks in this field and that's kind of like what I imagine when I imagine Ruth you know it's hot and it's probably raining at times and it's probably just like not the most cleanliest, you know, like, dirt's flying everywhere, and you're all gross, and you're wearing a dress and a skirt, and you're, you're just, ugh, it's just a mess. You just want to take a shower. You want to go home. You're done, you know? But she couldn't do that because, hey, she needed to eat, and also her mother-in-law would have been starving without her. And she labored. She worked hard, and she didn't give up. She persevered, and I love that. You know, most people would have <laughs> been like, I'm not doing this. I quit. God, I'm good. I'll see you later. I'm going to go back home. And what Ruth does is she sticks around. She sticks to see what God wants to do in her life. And I love that. She persevered and stuck through it all. And Ruth 2.8, it states, so Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from here. Stay here with the woman who worked for me. And Ruth 23, it says, So Ruth stayed close to the woman of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvest were finished. And she lived with her mother-in-law. And what's crazy is that when Ruth and Boaz were planning on marrying each other, there was another next, in kin, next of kin um before boaz and boaz actually had to talk to him to be with her to be with her um they had to make an exchange and so even then like god had a plan you know god was sure to see it through for ruth because he's faithful and he can do anything and in ruth 4:13 it says so boaz took ruth and she became his wife And when he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. So not only did she, in the beginning, it was like tragedy, worst story ever, right? Zero out of five stories, not not even going to recommend to read, you know? And then at the end of it, she has a son, and she's married? What? God just flipped it all for her good, right? It's like the best story ever. He delivered her. In Psalms 18, verse 1 through 2, it says, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. And I love it. There are times in my life where God has only been my strength. That's all, you know, like, I mean, there was times where I was like, Lord, I, I don't really know how I'm going to make it today, but you're all I got, and I need you, and he is our strength. He is our peace. He is our fortress, and he is our rock. When everything feels shaking, when everything in our life feels like it's spinning, and we don't know what to do, and there's no answer for anything, God is our rock. He is our stability, and we can go to him. He is going to take care of it. He can do the very impossible. In Mark 10:27, it says, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Even the mountains in our life. The things that we smirk at and say, not going to happen. It is going to happen. In Jesus' name, it is going to happen. We're not going to doubt it. We're not going to freak out. We're not going to say, oh, God, how are you going to do this? God is going to do it. God is a God that can move mountains. So... Tonight, as we pray, I wanted us to remember two verses and specifically. In Proverbs 18, 21, it says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So if we speak negativity, and and if we constantly are complaining, and we're constantly saying, like, it's not going to happen, God doesn't care, this isn't for me, I don't know what's going to happen, Well, you're kind of speaking it, you know, like you're not, you got to speak life into your situation. You have to believe that things are going to change and that God can move it. He can be the victory. And I wanted you to encourage to speak change, speak life. And Romans 4, 17, watch this. I love this. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom He believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. I love that because the God that gives life to the dead. Remember Lazarus? That a guy was dead, dead, gone. You would have went in there and would have poked him, and he would have been dead, right? No movement. And this guy, God literally heals him. Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And that guy comes walking out like looking like a mummy and he's alive. Like he's the God who gives life. He can do the impossible. And what I also love is those things which are not to us, they are to God. So uh, you guys can just take this with whatever whatever you believe. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to be a pastor here. Um, But I know that God can speak to us individually. And I know that God can tell us what he wants for our lives. I know that he makes promises to us. And if God has told you something, hold on. Because he's saying it's going to happen. It might not have been right now. It might not be today. But God already says it's here. It happened. Don't worry about it. It's going to happen right there. You know, I don't know what God has promised you. And I don't know what mountains you face in your life today. I don't know the things that you constantly think about or the things that, you know, you're like, God, how is this going to work out? But I do know that God can do the impossible and he can move the mountains. So today I have four prayer topics um, the first one is going to be mountains in our life. And these are the very things in our life that we really do need God to do the impossible. And I was praying about this message right when um, Brother John had said, like, hey, would you be able to do this? And I was like, okay, like, I, I got to pray. Like, I got to hear from God because I, I don't know what to do. I literally, guys, I'm, I do not know what to do unless God tells me what to do. That's how I live my life. So I I prayed and God was telling me about mountains and I was like, okay, like that was the very first thing that he told me to talk about. And like I said, I don't know what your mountains are in your life. I don't know if it's finances. I don't know if it's your children. I don't know if it's a family member that you wanna be saved. I don't know if you're struggling mentally. I don't know what's going on but I know that God can do the impossible. And I believe because we've prayed and we fasted for three days, I believe that it can happen tonight. If we surrender and we just leave it to God, it can happen. And then the second topic that I want to pray about tonight is the people that we have yet to encounter. So um, when uh, three years ago, oh, man, was it three years? Sorry. Sorry. Three years ago, I believe I think it was three years. Okay, we're saying three years ago. Okay, three years ago, before I came back to Mankato, um, my husband and I were talking about where to go. Like we were like, where do we go? Do we go to California? Do we go to Mankato? Do where like do we go to Arkansas? Where do we go? And you know, I really felt like God wanted us here, and I really feel like God wanted us here because. There is such a great need here. This church is growing, and there are going to be so much people that we have yet to encounter that are going to be here. And I just have so much faith that this church is going to be full of people, hundreds of people. I'm saying hundreds, like 100, 200, 300, like I want the big deal. I want the revival that you read about in Acts. I want, the, I want the Acts revival. And I believe that that's what God wants. We have the church for it. We have the pastors for it. I believe that God wants to do it. So I want us tonight to pray for that as well, the people that we have yet to encounter, that God would show us favor, that we can talk to them and and be compassionate to them like Jesus, and that we can be wise on how to speak to them and how to encourage them. And the third thing that I wanted to pray about tonight is the people that we see and encounter every single day. Um, These are our coworkers. These are our family. These are our friends. I don't know who you see every day, but God does, and God wants them saved. It's his will that none would perish, and I wanna pray about it tonight. And then the fourth thing that I would like to pray about tonight is because whenever there's a revival, the, the devil goes after the leadership. And I wanted to pray tonight for our pastor, Pastor Brom, the leadership team. I wanted to pray over Sister Cox, I want to pray over Becky. I want to pray over Crystal, um, the youth, the youth team. I want to pray over all these things because God is going to do something so special in this church. And I don't want anybody to go. I don't want anybody to leave because the devil got in the way. I don't want a church divided. I don't want anything I want it to be solid, set in stone that if something were to happen, that we love each other so much that nothing could happen. So I want to pray for that. So we're going to start praying for the mountains in our life right now. Thank you, oh Lord, for being God. You are the God that can do anything, oh Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your miracles. Thank you, Jesus, for your deliverance. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you are doing, oh Lord. Jesus, I believe right now that you can do anything. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week.